you are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach, and although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast, and it is a thrill and a joy to welcome back Mr. Productivity himself. And if you are a regular listener of the podcast, you will know that he was featured as one of the top 25 episodes of all time in the Author to Authority podcast this last summer. So, Mr. Mark Productivity is a productivity coach for solopreneurs. He eliminates calendar chaos and task overload, and he's the host of the Mr. Productivity podcast, turning overwhelm into success. Welcome back to the show, Mark. Kim, I'm so honored to be back here, and thank you for saying it is not only a thrill, but a joy. So you really set the bar really high for me today. Well, we'll just see. I mean, you did wonderful the first time you were on. We'll just have to kind of gauge it and see how you do the second time. Well, I know you said I was the top 25. You really told me is number one, but you didn't want to hurt the other 24 people's opinion. <laughs> so I'm going to try to go to number two. So I'll be the top two of all time podcasts. <laughs> Listen, well, this is not going to be a boring podcast. I can assure your listeners this will not be boring. No, that is definitely true. So, Mark was looking back and looks like the last time you were on the show was probably late 2020 early 2021 mm. so we'd, I'd love to have an update and just hear about you know some of the things that have been going on in your life obviously that was you know right in the middle of covid so what's life been like for you since then well i have learned through many books and trainings and coaches that i was doing too much See, we like to get caught up into doing too much, and then we become mentally and physically exhausted because we're trying to get everything done. Now, as each day passes, I'm like, okay, do I really need to do that? Where should I be spending most of my time? And that's actually what I teach my clients is what I'm doing. I'm like, okay, you're doing too much. Like one of the things that is kind of, kind of controversial is these parents who let their kids go to every sporting club every event and poor parent works all day comes home and they're running their kids everywhere and i'm like why are you doing that well i want them to be well-rounded yeah but what about your sanity so i i tell my parents my parent clients i say look at tell the kid you get one club or activity in the fall and one in the spring and one in the summer you can choose baseball or you can choose rugby or you can choose soccer but i'm not going to run you every day seven days a week now some people tell me, well, that's not going to serve them in college. But I read an article, I think about six or seven months, or maybe I had a guest on my show. And colleges have shifted from now is they don't want you to have an experience in like 20 or 30 different things. 
They'd rather have you pick one thing and be really good at it, whether that's the chess yeah. club, the debate club. So really focus on that one thing. So I think when you turn to productivity, of course, productivity is a lifestyle and you need to really think about what should you not do. So that's what I've been really focusing on since mm-hmm. we were last on the show or I was last on your show. And that is what should I not be doing instead of trying to do too much? So what conclusions did you come to? I was doing way too much. And so actually, as we're talking right now on July 5th, we're recording this. My wife is going to be leaving her job in the near future. And she is going to come home and work with me in the business. She is going to be doing the admin slash IT work, which I hate. And I'm going to be able to have an opportunity to do the coaching clients, obviously, and the content creation, because that's where my zone of genius is. I like doing podcasts. I don't like editing them and then put them up on the website and all that. So I don't like doing that. So she loves doing that stuff. So when she comes home and works with me, that's what we're going to be doing because everyone is really good at something that yes. could be creating podcast or writing a book or whatever. You need to do what you're really good at and then get rid of the other stuff to other people who probably love doing that. You got to pay them a little money. Well, you know what? We could almost just end right there because that sentence was just golden. And that would be the shortest (laughs) podcast you ever did. Yeah, actually, it would be. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I love being on your show, Kim, because a lot of people walk around the world and they have these frowns and they're grumpy. But you, you I'm looking at you right now and you have a great smile and I can tell you love doing what you do. And I wish more people would do that because I tell people happy people are more productive people. So if you're miserable audience members, you better do some research on why do some work on your inner self and find out why you're so grumpy because guess what? I know this may be breaking news to some people, but you get one shot at this life and I'd rather go through life happy than unhappy. So true. You know, going back to what you just said there, Mark, you know, when you're doing things that you're really not that great at and you hate, not only is it um, difficult, but you're actually losing money. Like, let's bring it down to the money, honey. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, when you look at how much it would generally cost to get someone to do all those things that you hate compared to how much money you could make if you were working in your area of brilliance, figure out those two numbers. Yeah. Don't and think, if, of, and if, don't and think about it. You actually write the numbers down on a piece of paper because then yeah. they become real to you. Yeah. And the thing is, like, in many cases, if you're good at sales, you're good at content, you're good at lead generation, those types of things, and you're spending all your time doing the admin work, which in most cases, you could get a really decent person to do it for less mm-hmm. than $20 an hour. You know, if you can make, like, let's say in an hour, if you were to actually be able to do all the lead generation, the content, things like that, let's say even if you made $100 on the low end, it's probably low end, but let's say $100. Well, if you're paying someone 20 and you can make 100 guess what? <laughs> yeah. And for those of you who are not good at math, $80 would be the answer. I'll give you a real live example. I was cutting my lawn up until last summer, summer of 2022. And coaches and mentors would tell me, why are you cutting your own lawn? Are you a lawn guy? I'm like, no, it's just, I was, it's cheaper. He goes, no, it's not cheaper. 
because when you're doing that, can't be doing what you're good at. So I pay my lawn guy 40 bucks every other day, every other week. And let me tell you, first of all, he does a much better job than I ever did because he can do the edging and he does the raking and everything like that. And so the $80 I pay him a month is worth it because while he's doing that, I'm doing what I'm really good at. Yeah. And I mean, lawns usually take like even a small lawn takes an hour or so. Mm-hmm. A bigger lawn could take two to three hours. Like yeah. that is saving you, let's say, on average, eight to 10 hours a month. Yeah. If you $100 an hour, that's almost $1,000 a month for having someone else do it so got to run the numbers that's why i said earlier don't think about it write it down if you have a whiteboard like i have write out when you see the numbers you're Mm -hmm. like holy crap that's a lot of money then it becomes real a lot of people make the mistake of thinking about let me think about it 50 carry the one no it doesn't work if you got to get a piece of paper or whiteboard you write it down then the numbers pop off the page you're like oh my goodness yeah so 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 true though i was gonna say because at one point you just kind of made a mistake you said oh every second day i'm gonna make man you got grass that grows fast every uh, you caught day. that i was i let it slide but then i'm like oh you picked it up yeah no my grass does not grow that fast especially now during the summer in houston where it's like a desert here but yeah the point is it's not just the lawn how about your dry cleaning how about having a maid come in every couple of weeks, or maybe you have someone wash your car. All these things start adding up. Don't look at the money you're paying them. Assign yourself a value of an hour's work. Yeah. And I would encourage most people go low. They go, well, how about 40 bucks? No, let's start with a hundred, $200 an hour. Okay. Because your, your worth, your intelligence is worth more than 50 bucks an hour. That may be what they're paying at your job. Think about what you want to be worth and then compare. Yeah. Wow. If I had the guy cut my lawn, takes 90 minutes to pay him $40, but I think I'm worth $250 an hour. So that's like 400. Well, when you compare $400 worth of your time versus $40 for him, now the number's like, wow, that's a big gap. But if you just go back, well, what's the minimum wage? Well, now you're number one, you're devaluing yourself because you're only yeah. giving yourself minimum wage. So I just encourage people say you're making you're worth 250 dollars an hour because that is going to help you make a lot of decisions that you may have i don't know if i should do it but when you're comparing mm-hmm. it to 250 dollars an hour a lot easier to make those decisions yeah we moved across country last september but before that i actually had one of my daughter's good friends from when she was a child she was a single mom she needed money i desperately needed help my daughter wasn't living with us and i had some physical things going on. And so worked out really well. I paid her and she loved cleaning. Like, I mean, I, I do it, but I don't love it. <laughs> and she loved cleaning and she did like an incredible job. Like I kind of did a half, you know, baked job, but she would do an amazing job and it helped her out financially to support herself and her kids. And I had a clean house. <laughs> Now, I haven't found somebody here yet, and with the move, uh, you know, it's taken a while to reestablish the business again, because the move took a lot of time and energy, but that is on my list, is to find somebody here who I can bless with a job of cleaning my house. I love that. Matter of fact, that's one of the things on my list in the very near future, to have a service come in here every other week and clean, because mm-hmm. you have to clean, but... Most people don't like to clean. So there are people that are really, really good at it. I mean, 
they clean your house, you're like, how'd you get so clean? Because, you know, you've just been like running rags over and they come in there with all these alleged chemicals and all this stuff. They do it right. And you're like, oh, my gosh, it looks like a brand new home because they love <laughs> what they do. Yeah. That's the thing, too. Uh, and I'm sure you feel the same way about it. But I was able to bless her with a job that she loved. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she was doing it because she needed to earn money, but she loved doing it. It was such a change in mindset for me because I realized that I was allowing her to walk in her giftings and I was able to bless her and allow her to do that. And I think sometimes that we have to get that mindset that, you know, when we bring other people in and they love what they do, we're being a blessing to them. We're allowing them to walk in their gifts, talents and abilities instead of us struggling through to do something that we absolutely hate. Because it has to be done because you have to do it in your business mm-hmm. to let's see if we can find someone we can bless with this. 100%. And most people don't think about that. They think of the money, but they don't think of how it's going to make them feel. Some people mm-hmm. may feel, well, I grew up in a blue collar family. That's what I did. Grew up in a blue collar family. And they go, well, who am I to have a maid come in and clean my house? And I'm always flipping the question back on them. Who are you not to? Uh, have a maid come in your house because the thing is you have a gift and if your gift is not cleaning houses if your gift is creating live streams or podcasts and you're cleaning your house well now you're not serving the world with your gift because you're doing something that you're not gifted at when to your point someone out there would love to do that while you do your gift of genius and everybody wins in the end yeah amen i can agree with that (laughs) So, Mark, I know you've come prepared. I mean, we've already kind of talked around some issues here, but I know you've come prepared, especially to talk about how to be productive as a solopreneur. So I want to let you loose for a little bit, and then we'll share some back and forth on your ideas. Well, I don't know why you think I would know a lot about that. My newsletter is called The Productive Solopreneur. My paid community is the productive solopreneur community. So why would you think I would be able to help solopreneurs become productive? I don't know what gave you that idea. It must have just smacked me in the head or something. Let me me tell you, one of the most frequently asked questions all the time is Mark or Mr. Productivity or Coach Mark, whatever. What is your number one tip? And of course, it changes as I go through seasons. But right now, I tell people, My number one productivity tip is not planning, although that's in the top five. It's taking micro breaks. So micro breaks are three to five minutes when you get up away from your technology. You don't get on other technology. You go outside. (laughs) That's key, by the way, Kim. Okay. You don't leave your laptop and your iPhone. So you go outside and you don't, you're not on technology. You're not talking to anybody. You're not even thinking about anything. You're just being present. Maybe listen to the birds chirping or if it's a windy day, the wind going through the trees and maybe close your eyes and do some deep breathing. It's only three to five minutes and I highly encourage you go outside. I mean, in Houston in the summer, it's hot. I still go outside. If you're up in Canada in the wintertime, it's cold. Well, bundle up. But there's something about going outside and just being present because I use this analogy all the time in my live training. I will tell people that they can see the finish line coming and they're battered and they're bruised and they're bloodied. And they say, 
so you're telling me, even though I can see the finish line, I should take a micro break. I said, yeah. And they generally will give me a pushback. I'm like, try it and see what happens. So they go take a micro break and they come back and they finish the work. And inevitably they send me a message or they call me and they go, wow, I didn't like just crawl over the finish line. I like sailed across it, like cross it, like you saying bolt. That's because when you take a micro break, you're allowing your body to go. And you're taking that break. It's only three to five minutes. So you're not taking a three to five, three to five hour break, but it makes a dramatic difference. Mm -hmm. And I tell people, if you really want to maximize your product, your micro breaks, take them as soon as you begin to feel overwhelmed, fatigued, or some other negative emotion. When you start feeling that, now, if you're on a coaching call or a podcast interview, don't get up and walk away. That's kind of rude. But if you're not, go outside and tell me if it doesn't change the way you feel when you come back. Just three to five minute micro break is life changing for your productivity. Okay, Mark, I've only got one question for you. Okay. Have you ever gone outside for five minutes in the brutal Canadian middle of winter? Well, I used to live in Rochester, New York, where it did get cold in the wintertime, but I also wasn't Mr. Productivity back then. But the answer is, I would. If it's like 40 below zero, and if you go outside, your face is going to freeze and, and shatter <laughs> like that. No, don't do that, okay? But if you can safely, like I tell people, don't go out in the middle of the field like, and pull up Benjamin Franklin, hold up a kite, you know, and, and get your, you know, don't do that. Use common sense, but most people can do this. Now, if the weather won't cooperate, can you maybe go out in your garage and away from all technology? The key is, the number one key is to get away from technology. Don't talk to anyone. Don't think about anything for three to five minutes. If you can go out in nature, that's great. But if you can't, that's like the fourth part of it. But I encourage people to take, I would say you probably need to take anywhere from five to seven micro breaks throughout the day from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. Okay, so you just said something that reminded me of something else. And this will perfectly demonstrate what I'm just about to explain. Have you ever seen the video that explains men's brains and women's brains? I can't say that I have. Okay, so the concept is this. Men's brains have boxes. And everything is in a box. Oh, and compartmentalization. You only, have, you only have one box open at a time. But there's a place called a nothing box. And the wife will say, what are you thinking about? Nothing. You can't be thinking about nothing. Now, women's brains, on the other hand, are like a bowl of spaghetti, where everything is connected and it never stops. So you're asking a woman to go to the nothing place. It's like almost virtually impossible. <laughs> The key word there is virtually. You can do it. Like when I meditate, like every, anyone who's ever meditated, yeah. the first time you start, what happens? All these thoughts start coming in your, your head. Brain, right? yeah. no, now you start getting all these thoughts. And then that's one of the best advice I ever got for meditation is this. You actually say in your head, breathe in, breathe out. Because if you're thinking breathe in, breathe out, the other thoughts can't intrude. So yeah. I can't just, I can't meditate for five, 10, 15 minutes unless I'm doing breathe in, breathe out because those thoughts start coming in. <laughs> My point is you can start, maybe you start with a 30 second micro break and you yes, work up. You true. can get to that point, believe it or not. The thing is, it'll be life changing. Yes. I promise you it'll be life changing. 
Yes, I just wanted to inject a little humor into it because I think we've injected plenty of humor in this show already. So that's my number one tip. Now, my second tip is, is the way I teach people to plan. I believe you should be a proactive planner. Yes. You shouldn't go through your day like, oh, I'm putting out fires. So what I teach people is at the end of every day, and I do mean seven days a week, weekends, holidays, vacation, you sit down and you go, okay, you do three things. Number one, you reflect on the day that you just had. Mm-hmm. Was it a good day? Did you get everything done? Was it a train wreck? I mean, we're all going to have days like that. It's just the way yes. life happens. Then you look at the next day, tomorrow, whatever the day is. Now, you may have a full schedule tomorrow. So you look at the day that was today and like, well, I got four to eight things done. Oh, can't put them tomorrow. What about the next day? What about the next day? The point is you got to take these things you didn't get done today that need to get done. You need to put them someplace because if you don't, guess what happens? They don't get done. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing is you make sure your schedule is all set for tomorrow before you go to bed because- the brain is amazing. If the brain sees that these four things from yesterday or today you didn't get done are someplace on your schedule or to do list and your calendar is set for tomorrow, then the brain go, okay, now we can relax. You can watch some TV, go hang out with the family, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. But if you don't take that time, it's not going to end well for you because you need to reflect and plan. Everybody yeah. plans. But the third element is when you plan, you need to plan what needs to get done. Not what I mean by what needs get done instead of wants to get done needs means you have goals. Now, if you don't have goals, I encourage you don't even plan. So here's how I teach people. You start with your why, then you come up with goals based on your why, and then the goals feed your plan. So if you don't have goals or a why, what are you planning for? True. So if you know your why and your goals, now you, I believe 80% of your time should be spent on activities that move you towards your goals. Now for me, that's creating content. That's also reading. I spend at least an hour every day of reading. So this is also pulling me toward my goals. Now I don't have perfect days every day. There are days that go off the rails. We start to do something and I'll get sidetracked. I'm like two hours later, like what happened? So you got to be really (laughs) careful, but The intentionality of planning your time is going to serve you. And if you're not used to doing it, it's going to feel foreign. But the more you do it, the better off you'll get. I so agree with you, Mark. I so agree. You know, word that came to mind when you were talking about that is unresolved. You know, when you have things on your list that you have not assigned yet, it's unresolved in your brain and your brain goes, I don't like being unresolved. Mm-hmm. I want things neat and resolved. And so, yeah, so that you do start thinking about it. I'm actually pretty good at that, but every once in a while I'll wake up in the night and it's like the list. <laughs> the, funny, the funny thing was this morning, um, my husband does a lot of tech at our church and we did a conference. So we had rented an additional microphone and we had rented it for a month. And I mean, it's not my job to track it or anything. It's my husband's job. And yet I woke up, I don't know, about four o'clock this morning thinking, did he take that rental back? It's been over 30 days and we only rented it for 30 days. (laughs) So my brain is sitting on this. I couldn't fall back asleep because I'm like, I've got to remember to tell him because if he hasn't taken this thing back, he's got to get it back today. So he finally wakes up like 530 quarter to six. And I'm like, I'm like, dear, I had this thought. He's like. Oh, one of them dangerous things, eh? <laughs> yes, dear. 
uh, did you take the microphone back? He's like, oh, yeah, I did it last week. Okay, so I just spent an hour and a half thinking about it for nothing. Well, that's how the brain works because the brain goes, well, Kim's thinking about it, so maybe it didn't get done. When I leave my house, when my wife and I go someplace, we have to make sure all the doors are locked. That's common, right? But if I forget to check one of the doors because she's the last one that came in, I'm like, did you lock this door? She goes, yeah, I did. And she knows, just answer me yes or no. Don't say, I don't know. Because if you give me any other answer other yes, we're turning around and go home. Why? <laughs> because I will be worried about it for the duration of our time away from home. And so I got to know. And yeah, we have cameras around the house, but that's, yeah, we'll get a good picture of people walking in, in our house with our stuff. That's not going to do any good. <laughs> so is crime that bad where you live that you couldn't leave your house unlocked for a short period of time? Well, I don't live in a crime-infested area, if that's what you're wondering about. But we don't live in a gated community with all the rich folk living. You know, Mark Zuckerberg doesn't live here. So, <laughs> you know, you know, the cameras are nice so you can see people, you know, doing stuff they're not supposed to be doing. But we don't have any problems. We just have some apartment complexes not too far away. That That's why everybody has cameras and stuff like that. Uh, one other thing I'd like to share with your listeners is notifications. So I am not a zero notifications guy. You know a lot of productivity guys are out there or gals. They are saying, hey, you know, turn off all the notifications or put your phone on do not disturb or turn your phone off or put your phone in airplane mode. I don't do that. I am an intentional notifications guy. So yes. on the iPhone, there's two, there's something called focus modes. And I use two focus modes. One is sleep mode, which is gets turned on at eight o'clock at night because I sleep from 9 to 5, so it's on from 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. And then I have another one called work, which goes from 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. Now, during work, there's a very few select group of people that can get a hold of me, and they're on the list because they very rarely will bother me during the day. So telemarketers, all those people are blocked. And then I have some apps that allow. Now, I like my credit card and debit card apps to get through, calendar, alerts, to-dos, weather apps. If I have an Amazon delivery, I'll put that as well because I think those notifications serve me, okay? So what I encourage people to do is to do what I call a notification cleanse. Go through every app, every notification for every app on every device and turn off the ones that don't serve you, which is probably going to be email and social media apps. You can disable those because you go in the apps, everything's there anyways. But I think there's a case to be made for some notifications to get through. Now, these people that brag, I never have my phone off of airplane mode, and I live in this foreign country by myself. Okay, so your, your, your parents were killed in a horrible car crash. How are you going to find out? Yeah. Or there's a satellite falling is going to hit your head, your house. How are you going to find out? So I'm not a fan of that. I know Tim Ferriss is a big fan of that. I'm an intentional notifications guy, and I don't believe Tim Ferriss has his on airplane mode all the time either i'm sure he, he probably uses something like focus mode where maybe his mom and dad can call or people are not going to bother him but that's my theory on notifications yeah you know there's a few that i'd like to have like when they issue the weather alert that there's a hurricane coming i i think i want to know that one yeah i agree or if it's going to go down to minus 55 degrees in my house because i live in canada yeah i want to know that yeah or or my my daughter in love sends me pictures of the grandbabies. That's a priority. <laughs> and that's the thing. You get to choose what your priority is. So if I get people to keep texting me, I take them off the list. Like I go to their their 
their contact in my focus mm-hmm. mode and hit that minds button. Boop, they're gone. So they can't text. Now those still the notifications will show up my, my notification center, but I got to go looking for them. So I only have people there who don't abuse. Now, if an app starts sending me a lot of notifications, they get disabled. So I don't have a lot of notifications enabled because I don't need to. I mean, there's some apps you don't need notifications. But if you're expecting an Uber to pick you up, you might want to have those notifications turned on because how are you going to know he's there? Yeah, exactly. Or she. And I, I don't know about you, but back in, especially back in Ontario, not so much here, but back in Ontario, man, those Amazon delivery drivers, they were ninjas. I don't know how they managed to get things to my door without me hearing them. <laughs> I'd go downstairs and it'd be, I'd get a notification. I'm like, there's no way. And I go downstairs to the door and I open up and sure enough, there's the package. <laughs> you obviously don't have dogs. No. Oh, we have two dogs in their Amazon detectors. So as soon as the Amazon person pulls up, I hear that's why I have to block off for this interview. I had to block off the kitchen, which looks out to the street. So I have to keep the the eyes of the dogs away from the Amazon drivers and the FedEx drivers, and the UPS drivers, because otherwise you have a bunch of barking dogs on your podcast. And I don't want that. <laughs> Oh, Mark, this has been a wonderful interview. As we start to tie things up here, two things I would love for you to do. First of all, share a final thought. And then how can people connect with you? Do you have any freebies you give away, something you'd like to offer? Just just a way for people to get more of Mr. Productivity. Well, my quote for them is always tell your time where to go instead of wondering where it went. Now, mm-hmm. most people do this during the work week, but I want you to do it on the weekends, on vacations and holidays. Even if you say, I'm just going to sit around and be lazy and watch Netflix all day, just the intentionality of writing that down. That's what you're going to do. It'll change your thought process. Now, there's a couple things that people can do. You can always go to mrproductivity.com. That's M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. There you can have find a plethora of information. I do have an email newsletter, which I just recently changed the way I do it. Instead of doing it like on a certain day of the week, whenever I have a thought of something I value, want to share with the people, I just send an email out. So you can sign up to be a Productive Solopreneur member, or sorry, newsletter, newsletter subscriber. And every month I go live and I have a live masterclass. That's why it's called the live masterclass. See, I tied that in there. And I talk about something about productivity. I've talked about creating habits and gaining clarity and imposter syndrome and all that stuff. So you have to go to mrproductivity.com and right there at the menu, it'll say live masterclass. The latest masterclass is come, upcoming will always be there. Now that's not free. It's $97 American a month. But you get a free replay and, well, free replay. You paid for it, but the replays included is what I meant to say. And then you can ask questions. If you attend live, you can ask questions, okay? So those are two things. I love people on my list. I'm actually actually going backwards with the people on my list because I used to have a big list. And then I started firing people that weren't opening my emails. I'm like, okay, well, you're not reading it. So I'm going backwards. Now I'm starting to grow again. But I'm always trying to serve people with value. So Anything anybody wants to know about me, mrproductivity.com. Just remember, Mr. is all spelled out because I don't know what you'll go if you went to mrproductivity.com. So don't go there. I don't know what's there. So just go to <laughs> mrproductivity.com. Oh, well, this has been a joy. Two, years, two more years. We'll do it again. Sounds good. 
<laughs> we'll make a date. <laughs> okay. Just don't tell your wife. No, on the we we don't do that. <laughs> oh, we'd love well, to see the faces of people who are listening to this or watching this. <laughs> yeah, they know I'm weird. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and they love me anyway. That's the wonderful thing. There you go. So this has been Mr. Productivity and Kim Thompson Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on the very next episode. Bye now. You've been listening to the Author to Authority podcast. The extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.